Hey, everybody, you're going to want to listen all the way through to this episode because we are talking a lot about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is your favorite artist getting in this year? We talked about it so much, we even proposed a new name for it. You're also going to find out why Mariah Carey was spotted in a golf cart and no, it didn't do her hairstyle any favors. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy the show, everyone. 90s Now with Kelly Alexander and Sharon Highland. Well, look at us. Or hear us. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly... Adam and me, Sharon, ready to rock your 90s now mind. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. We're going to tie, actually, the late 80s and the uh, now, um, and probably get confirmation from a country giant uh, on something that we are likely already pretty sure of, but it's nice to hear it just the same. Um, And for something that we're not always sure of, Kelly's trivia. (laughs) 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 <laughs> That's coming up in a sachet down memory lane where one of the um, one of the best to do it might make you cry. That'll happen with your 90s rewind. We'll also take a bit of an inside look at what they called the greatest night in pop. And the Rock Hall nominations are out. If this is news to you, it's because they were released on the Saturday of Super Bowl weekend. So just a few things going on that weekend. Um, but I figure, you know what, let's start there, you guys, because the list is long and strong and it gets conversation going because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has kind of shifted its uh, direction over the past few years on not just rock as a genre of music, but rock as uh, cultural impact, social reference, things like that. So that's why when you hear the words... Um, Mariah Carey or Mary J. Blige, you're not thinking, wow, that's rock and roll, (laughs) right? Nope. (laughs) But what they've done within the culture of rock and roll as like uh, an era defining sense of being, it's like I work for them. (laughs) It's not like I work for them. (laughs) My God, because it wasn't that long ago that I was like, this is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What are these people doing in it? And I love all music. Um, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame still, in my estimation, had a lot of rock artists to induct. But what they have made quite clear is that it's more of a, like Umbrella I said, a, a cultural reference, a social impact, that kind of thing. What rock and roll truly is and was when it first started all those years ago. So uh, let's go over the list, shall we? It's very exciting. Whoa. And even on this list, I think... Uh, you know, like we think of our favorites in the 90s, like a Mariah Carey or a Mary J. Blige. Um, there are still some people that I think have to get in ahead because of what they've done and their impact. And I think if we're going to pick a four letter word to describe that, it would be share. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> yeah. And she's been pretty vocal within the past few months about her exclusion as a, as a performer. And she's one of the, uh, when you think of her resurgence in our favorite decade, um, she's also the one that would have brought um, a style of music, not a style of music, but a, an effect on the music, right? Like she was the first in that song, Believe, which was a great return for her. What is that? What's that called? Auto-tuning. <laughs> Auto-tuning. Thank you. My brain just went, my brain just went, keep talking. I'm not going to tell you oh, what you you're going to say, kidding. but keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
So yeah, I could have used some auto tuning there. Um, but it's it's believed that that was the first song to really have an impact with auto tune, and so we either have her to thank or her to blame. <laughs> let's go for thank. Let's go. <laughs> but for she thank. is. Yeah, let's go for thank. You know why? Because she is uh, decade after decade after decade after decade relevant and one of the great contributors to the evolution of of rock and roll. So my vote will go for her. I mean, we get more than one vote as fans, by the way, and you can do that online on the Rock Hall site. You have to basically sign up with your email, and then every day you can vote, which will help determine what the short list will look like, because right now there's a lot of names on the list. Are you guys happy about this list? Well, I am mostly happy with this list. Mostly? Is there anything that you look at and go, no? I don't think that. I just think, like you said, like Cher should have been in already. So I feel like she shouldn't, like, obviously she needs to be on this list because she's not in, but she shouldn't have to be on this list. So, right, you know, I'm kind of um, feeling that. And then, um, because I, like, this is Mariah Carey's first ballot. So to me, she has to go right through, but I don't know why Mary J. Blige didn't go right through before, because it sounds like this is not her first ballot. I think she was on. Yeah, like a while. So sometimes it's very curious. And I think that the Rock Hall is very fortunate because I think it's Q-Tip. Not Q-Tip, sorry. Um, Why am I forgetting his name? The guy, Quest, Quest Love. Yep. I think he's had a very big impact on trying to help in um, artists of color. And Mm -hmm. so thankfully, because I think sometimes it's a little whitewashed. Oh, for sure. For sure. And even if you were if if you were to have that argument with people of a certain age, they would say, well, Elvis, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're like, well, wait a second. Elvis himself would have said his great influences were all people of color. Yeah. And the the music, all the roots go back to the blues. We know that. Mm -hmm. And uh, even country and Western music. Um, So it's great that uh, Quest is in the position that he's in and he's making the most of it for the greater good. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. My question on this list, I think, is Sade. With no offense to her, mm-hmm. like, directly. But I wonder, as far as impact goes, I'd love to hear the story that describes how her I, her qualification. She's one of the only anything? artists, though, that I feel like... Because she drops an album, like, every 10 years. Like, mm-hmm. literally every 10 years. And people and go... And they're great. And people she's go bananas for them. Yeah. Like, she's really one of the only artists that you can say, oh, okay, I'll see you in 10, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, because... yeah. But for that, my question then is, what's the impact? Like, because sales can't be the the only thing that gets you into something like this, right? Like, there has to be more of a Well, I mean, a, there's a reach. There's lots of artists, like, like, Drake has a tattoo of Sade on his, like, person. Really? And I mm-hmm. think that there's lots of artists that, would say they were very influenced by her sound because her sound is different. Like, I find it it is. It's R and B, but it's like it's different. Like she's, mm-hmm. I don't know, she's different. So, and I remember when I first heard of her in the eighties, like, and couldn't pronounce her name because didn't know how to say it. Like as a nine year old or whatever, <laughs> and I was just like, she's my girl. Like I like she actually I would I would have known about before Janet, and so yeah. I really loved her. So I think that maybe just that influence of the 80s and the fact that there's so many people that still love her to this day, even though she can walk away for 10 years, live her life and come back. Mm-hmm. And I don't discredit her ability at all. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of her music 100%. I just don't understand because like, I don't think everybody gets into the Hall of Fame. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
I would love to know more about what qualifies her to get in in this way. Like I think of a tribe called Quest and their impact and um in hip hop. I think of Cool and the Gang and their multi decade run of hit after hit after hit. I think of Foreigner, who's not yet in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, who who under the banner of their name alone brought, you know, half of the half of the band was Brit, half of the band was American, and right out of the gate had hit music since like the mid late seventies. I think Peter Frampton, again, I'm I know I'm angling on side the side of rock here for sure at this point, but Peter Frampton, one of the best selling live albums of all time, as far as career defining moments and concert experience moments for for fans, he's like the benchmark of of live albums. So I think he should totally be in. Mm-hmm. I like that he sort of gives some credit to uh, Cheryl Crow for moving that along. Um, who Is else? There... Ozzy Osbourne's already in, right, as a part of Black Sabbath. Yeah. But as a solo member, I think he should also. That's a that's a story of success right there for, for in the rock world for how Black Sabbath sort of parted ways and then Ozzy was like, I'm doing this, you know? Like, that's uh, becoming the Prince of Darkness as a solo artist and a, like, he'll get in as a solo performer. That's, I think that's for sure. Is there a list, though, because I don't go on, on, even though I'm subscribed and all that, I don't go on the website that often because apart from knowing that you have to have a commercial recording released 25 years prior, do mm-hmm. we know what the other criteria are? Um, it does have to do, I feel like I should pull it up right now. So wait, um, you can't be inducted if your first record is younger than 25 years? I right, did not correct. know that. All right. So yeah, that's so, why now a lot of those 90s artists yeah. are getting in. Well, because now actually 25 years, it's 1999. So would that right? be why so, Mariah is yeah. on the list and on the ballot this year? Yeah, but she should have been in to me before because was she yeah. eligible in before this year? Oh yeah, because her first was nineteen ninety. Yeah, vision of love. Yeah. Well, nineteen ninety so was. Eligible. Oh, you're right. It was thirty thirty four years ago. Yeah, and you know what's interesting too is I saw because um, obviously we're coming you know fresh off Super Bowl, which had um, a lot of representation for Atlanta in the house, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Including Jermaine Dupri, and so I was impressed to see that again, like Sharon said, because they dropped the news over Super Bowl weekend, it got lost in a way. Um, but Jermaine actually wrote, and you know, he was on stage with Usher. So he's had a very busy weekend of work Mm -hmm. and actual partying. Um, but I was impressed when I saw his Instagram post today where he paid tribute to Mariah getting the nomination and saying like, he knows how much this means to her. And I just thought that was great the way he even worded it saying like, this means a lot to her. And so, um, yeah, like she's clearly probably on some back level been waiting for this. Well, yeah, and you think of what Mariah has done in her career. She is, you know, uh, 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 the great sum of her parts. Songwriter, singer, performer, uh, queen of Christmas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She she brings quite a bit to the table. And mm-hmm. and for the very visual 90s where her beginnings rest, she she demonstrated her growth as an artist throughout that decade and continues to do so, I think, as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like supremely talented. Even if you think about it too, so like her first hit, I'm if Adam, I'm sure it's 1990. That was Vision of Love, um, like certain, but Adam can check. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. One of totally her biggest hits, if not her biggest, came out, you know, uh, 
was it 15 years later? Because with 2005, with We Belong Together, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So she's still cranking out the hits. And I don't know if she's got 18 number one hits. Like, it's like she's got a lot. So to me, it's a no brainer, not to mention the cultural impact that she's had on the Christina Aguilera's of the world and like anyone yeah. else who, like Ariana Grande, like she's paved the way for vocalists in pop music in a way. Yep. Agreed. Do we know? And I honestly, we belong together. I don't think I can hear that song enough. Yeah. It's amazing. Do we know how many people will make it into the uh, the Hall of Fame? They or- do performance um, categories. They do like uh, legend categories and um, different. There will be, there's ways of getting people in basically is, is what well, I'm getting at. This year's at- list has 15 people on it. That's the that's the long list though. That will be pared down. Like not everybody's. So gonna is make it going to be down to two to five to to nine? Um, probably I ten. Think it's, eight, ten. I eight. think it's what was it last? It's like five or seven actually, in that neighborhood from my memory. Why did they say thirteen last year? Was that because they had thirteen nominees last year? I read. No, something. that would be different. The different categories oh, of okay. like you know uh, the the excellence category and the uh, influence category. Oh, Okay. So, yeah, people get in straight up as performers, and then there's other special awards. I wonder if they should not increase – because to me, they're at a backlog. You know, there's a backlog. So I don't know oh, yeah. of performers, you know. So I think that they should increase the number to 10 that are getting in just to catch up. Because, yeah, like, it's not fair that Cher is not getting in. Like, what the heck is wrong with people? <laughs> well, it's funny, too. Like, for a long time, when the, when the focus was rock – like it's it's almost like that's where she missed the boat sort of thing because it was rock and she was not not rock but they were focused on more rock stuff so her contribution to the evolution evolution of the sound of rock in the mid 60s is is substantial mm-hmm. and i thought that sunny and Cher were in together but again what she's done in a, as a solo performer if they've you know broadened the reach or the or the requirement reach then it, then she makes it in like she that that seems to be a no brainer. If you've seen her perform live, you know that she's covering her whole career mm-hmm. from from the sixties to the more recent, and it's a trip. Like you're like, oh yeah, that she was yep. she was um, going for it. Like she's a survivor performer. Yeah. Um, I think that the Sinead O'Connor is timely and I think what what Sinead brings to the table is that is that reflection of uh the song the singer songwriter in a more modern um take and like she represents quite a bit and I say modern but like we're talking about 30 years ago more than 30 years ago mm. uh who else was I question marking oh oasis which is funny because I think Liam Gallagher's like that's bollocks this is this means nothing <laughs> But I think it would be great if they got in, and I don't think that they won't. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're going to make the short list. That's my guess for mm-hmm. uh, for this year that it will be Oasis because they do have to get somebody rock in there. Lenny Kravitz is also on this yeah. list. Oh, like, I love Lenny. Man, oh man, everybody obviously is deserving in some way or another. Otherwise, it wouldn't have made the long list. Question for you: Do you think that because there's a Mariah and a Mary J. Blige on the same ballot this year, that it's going to be one or the other? Um, I don't know. 
It's it's always funny the way it works out, you know. Like it's it's I I have a I like watching the progress of the of the fan vote to see how that goes, uh, and that determines like it it demonstrates the voice of the fans. It doesn't secure what's going to happen. It it shows the governing board that hey, well, this is what we are we going to get the numbers should happen about about that poll. Are we going to know what the fans voted for, and do we know how much? Oh yeah, you can see watch okay. it happen as it happens. So, like, if you were to go on now, I think you might see the the uh, current standings on who's voted. I'll go for check. Who. And do we know what weight that has into the last, the final decision? Is it just a subjective? Is, is it a ten percent? Is it a? I think I don't think they give an actual percentage. I could be wrong, but I think they they acknowledge that the voice of the fans, um, the voice is heard. You know, like we hear you, we'll consider okay. that. And you can vote every day, and I think you get five. You get seven votes. You five? get seven picks. Seven day, now? Yeah. Okay, see, that's more than it was because it used to be five. I really hope that it doesn't happen that it's going to be one or the other with Mary J and Mariah because I have a feeling like because they're not similar, similar, but they're similar enough. I've got the results in front of me. So that's dramatic. Sounding. As of today. <laughs> So if they were going to go and determine it today, who's on uh, top of the list? Top of the list uh, in terms of fan votes, Ozzy Osbourne, followed yeah. by Peter Frampton, Foreigner, yeah. Dave Matthews Band, Cher, Lenny Kravitz, and Mariah Carey. Yeah. So That makes sense because traditionally, I think, in years past, the rock fans are like, hey, rock is going in. So... I think more and more people realize, and it it can work for any of the uh, of the artists that are nominated. If you want your favorite artist to be considered and you want your vote heard, you have to vote, like in mm-hmm. anything, right? So that's cool. I'm happy that Ozzy's on top. Close to half a million votes have been registered yet. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And Crazy. people are in it. We can vote until is it? I see June 30th. Mm-hmm. So there's a long way to go. That could change. Isn't that and a I wild? Bet you there's people every day. I'm on it, and then like, yeah, oh, totally, yeah. Um, well, if you look at what Britney Spears fans managed to accomplish when they got her song right up to kick out JT's, so can't yeah. wait until Taylor people, Swift will be eligible, and fans are going to go crazy <laughs> yeah. for it. And people like to be a part of something yeah. too, like yeah. a movement like that, right? And music is the best. Uh, um, rallier of the masses, I think. You know, you can do it in the name of music. Yeah. Yeah. I think Taylor's Taylor's going to have another 10 years to go because I think her first stuff really dropped uh, 2009-ish. Mm-hmm. So. She's got some time, is that what you She's got some time. She, if she doesn't get in on the first one, there'll be hell to pay from. <laughs> <laughs> All she'll do, she'll just have to put a tweet out. Yeah, exactly. Her first, uh, her first <laughs> single, Tim McGraw, was released in 2006. Okay, so then she'll be eligible as of then. In seven years. Wow. Yeah, and it was also interesting and and typical at this time of year, and I'm not opposed to it either, though I think we've discussed it on, on our show before. Uh, Billy Corgan is now uh, chiming in with, why don't you just call it the Music Hall of Fame? I was about to say earlier, are there talks about changing the name of the... I don't think that they would. I think what'll have to change is people's opinion on how this happens. 
I, I, and when it, when it bothered me more, <laughs> and I, I, I let off some steam with Kelly, I remember a few years ago, not to say that nobody's deserving of being honored in, in a way that the Rock and Hall of Fame has done it, but to me, it was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So they, they could, uh, they could be, pull off a prince and say the Music Hall of Fame, formerly known as the Rock and Roll Hall of yeah. Fame. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Or, but like I said, it's it, it's easier to, to change our view of what they're yeah, trying to do. Without changing the name. You know, like... Yeah. yeah. Well, because I think they, like, I think, like, all of us just have to see that over time, the description of what it means has changed. Yeah. And that's it. Like, I don't think it, like... In my opinion, it doesn't need to be some big swooping thing. It's just like over time, because clearly if they wanted to keep it rock and roll of j- like just rock and roll, then none of these other people would have made it onto the ballot ever. No, so but that's they, why you, you wonder if should they have established a different Hall of Fame for, for that? But like, that's I, the don't, argument. I don't know about you, but like I will say to some people that I've had on my show that are pops artists, I'll be like, you're such a rock star because it's just the umbrella term for me, like where you're in the music industry, you're doing good things you are a quote-unquote like like to me you're a rock star you don't have to be a pop like i don't need to say you're a pop star like to me like you're just it's like everybody's cool and rock and roll and because it's an umbrella term to me so i don't know that's why i think everybody just needs to be okay that as time the rock hall itself has realized oh we need to encompass all the genres and this is where we're at because they're clearly there already if they're putting in mary j blige and mariah carey on the ballot well, and that's what happens when, you, like, what we know of rock and roll, like we said before, that it's all rooted in the blues, right? So rock and roll itself is not its own thing. It's a melting pot of all the genres that have uh, existed, that, you know, that the great elements of those went on to make something different. It elevated each time. So uh, however many years ago when Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five got in, they were groundbreakers. So it's that element of doing something like significant and contributing in a way that's changed the game. Right. Mm -hmm. So as soon as those groundbreakers were acknowledged, then I think that's when the door opens. Like you have to acknowledge like for Donna Summer to be in the rock hall. I, I believe in that because she was like the, the figure of the phenomenon that was disco you yeah. know, like, so it's important to acknowledge that. So I, I, I think that, well, Billy Corgan, back to him for a second, his, his argument that the rock and roll embodies a spirit rather than a clear definition makes it hard to justify including some artists while excluding others. So that's why he thinks the name change is a good idea. Though I imagine the marketing department at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that uh, has branded themselves uh, in this way for almost 40 years is probably going, great idea, Billy. Thanks a lot. When we need an idea, we'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, what's great about it is that uh, it's it, because music is so subjective and we love it so much and it means so much to us that, of course, it's it's great conversation and it's great arguments starting and it's you, you defend what you love. And I think at the end of it, in a place that is called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that itself is showing uh, to be a welcome place, we have to come around. Yeah. Yeah. Because to me, it's it's literally at this point, to me, it's an umbrella term. 
where you're in music, you've done extremely well, and we're honoring our quote-unquote rock stars who have killed it in any genre. That's what I think. So really, and the thing is, they always say change comes from the top. So the changes come from the top because it's their rock hall. They've decided that it's okay to put in R&B artists or hip-hop artists. So then it's really a no-brainer. Well, oh, the definition has changed. It's an Mm -hmm. umbrella term. We're in the music industry. We've killed it. Oh, you're getting in if we think you deserve it. So, yep. I think also the, um, uh, it's, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, it's always going to be, it's a, it's an, it's, it's a living thing. So it's always going to be growing, Mm -hmm. you know, and everybody will get in that deserves to be Mm -hmm. in. And on some level, you think everybody deserves to be in, but, I like also what's interesting is that when you say change comes from the top, um, I uh, on our show today, we played uh, some audio of Lou Graham, who's the lead singer of Foreigner, talking about how years ago, like Foreigner has been eligible for many years, right? Mm. Their first hit was in 1977. And so Lou Graham was talking about how his bandmate and their manager went and talked to the people at the Rock Hall which I think was Jan Wenner. I think that was the the point. And the conversation didn't go great because <laughs> they were you know, trying to figure out, hey, why are we not getting nominated? And uh, basically what they were told was, you know, either they were told directly or they found out later that Jan Wenner had said something to the effect of uh, Foreigner will never get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or it'll be a cold day in hell, or one of those references. Yeah. And the more we hear about that that kind of a, an attitude from Jan Wenner, and I don't think there's a, there's a shortage of those kinds of stories because he said something crappy in his book that came out last year about, you know, if women wrote better things or if uh, people of color were actually, you know, he he was pretty gross about his opinion on on certain things so it's not surprising that 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 i wouldn't be surprised if that story was true because i know that there's there's other artists that he was like not on my watch oh boy <laughs> now he's not he's not in that job nope. anymore so yeah does he that's hang why out foreigners with, on the list <laughs> does he hang out with neil port now oh man <laughs> probably they, they're probably sitting one sitting somewhere wondering what happened yeah <laughs> what did we do <laughs> They used to love us. We told them they loved us. Yep. That's the problem. All right. So we've solved that problem. Yeah. Did we, though? <laughs> I think most of the show is over. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, you know what, though? We should we we can get to a couple of things for sure. Yeah. Uh, not the least of which is the uh, brain unraveling that will come from Ooh. Kelly's trivia. 90s. <laughs> now. Trivia. Bing bong. You are a bing bong. I'm feeling confident for both of you today because I feel like we have some easier questions. Yes, sir. Awesome. Not sure how that happened, but anyways. (laughs) Despite your best efforts, we might get one right. (laughs) Despite my best efforts, I think you're going to get one. Actually, one of them I'm just going to ask, which is a complete throwaway because I legitimately cannot ask this because, like, for sure you'll know it. So... I'm just going to give you a warm-up question. So the warm-up question, which doesn't count, is the Monica Lewinsky scandal involved which Adam. president? Go, Adam. Bill Clinton. 
Yes, sir. Why wouldn't that have been a, a legit question? Because that's like, that's, of course nice. you would know that. Of course. Well, that's the fun part about trivia. Yeah. So anyways, it doesn't count. For so the amount of times, none <laughs> of us had any idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think you owed us so, one. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I think you're, you'll still get this next one, but it's it might be a teensy w- bit harder. All right. All right. In 1994, champion figure skater Tanya Harding was involved in a controversy involving which fellow Olympian? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't think... Sharon. Yeah, you go ahead. Nancy Kerrigan. Yes, ma'am. Uh, it was either Nancy Kerrigan or Carrie Nance again. I couldn't <laughs> figure out which one. <laughs> I don't think I would have remembered the name. I saw Carrie the movie, Nance though. Again. That was a good movie. <laughs> I remember I the, the, the video footage of Nancy Kerrigan sitting on the ground screaming, crying. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. I don't know why. Yeah. I actually um, looked for her recently within the last, like, two or three months because something came up about Tony Harden. And I was like, oh, should I try to find Nancy Kerrigan on Instagram? So I did. And uh, she because she must be, like, what, 55-ish? Like, something. Like uh, She's 54. She's as old as I am. 54. So I was, wow, I, was I could have been a professional figure skater. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing Never. here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she looks she looks great, and so it's crazy to think that yeah, she's uh, like yeah, she has like a kid. I think who just turned seventeen. Like it's all bananas. So can you imagine? You know, like when you hit your leg on a on a table yeah. or like a chair leg or whatever, and, and it kills, and it's yeah. just by accident yeah. that someone came up to her with a pipe. And whacked her hard. <laughs> Ow! But you know, also, like, so it's all terrible, all of it. Yes. But, like, you wonder what brainwave these geniuses came up with. Like, how can we take her out? <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, yeah. I got it a pipe. Like, you know, yeah. these people should not be in charge of the codes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> and they're not, thankfully. <laughs> Too bad they had access to pipes. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, here we are. So question number two. Uh, in 1992, the largest mall in the United States, Mall of America, opened in which state? Adam. Go, Adam. New Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, nice try. No. Sharon. Go, Sharon. Chicago. No, that's a city, not a state. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Adam. Illinois. Go. <laughs> Illinois. What did you, Illinois. No. Boo. I'm glad you didn't get it. Yeah. That's like the person on a Price is Right that guesses $1 higher than Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought you'd, you'd both get this. So, no, it's not uh, ringing a bell. Mall of America. Um, Mall of America. There's been many, I think. Missouri. Close. No. There's been many, like, pop stars, I think, that got their start doing, like, mall tours. Oh, Sharon. Go, Sharon. Orlando. Florida. (laughs) How many states can we, like... Well, you butchered enough, so I'll give you the answer. (laughs) Uh, Minnesota. Really? Yeah, in Minneapolis. Because... Minneapolis. Mall of of America. I thought I went to the Great Mall of America. I guess it wasn't it. Maybe it was just a, a mall in America that yeah. was great. It was huge. <laughs> what was the name? They had a huge. It was a. It's right next to the MetLife Stadium in in New Jersey. I'll I'll go look it up. There was an attraction okay. park in it. It was huge. Oh, wow. I went to one in uh, Philadelphia, 
which I think was it called King of Prussia Mall. It was anyways, this thing was like the size of two football fields. Like it was massive. It was crazy. Oh. Did you get anything? Mine was called American <laughs> Dream. Oh wow, it's no. It's a huge wow. mall. But funny enough that Sharon mentioned Orlando <laughs> because just before my mom and I flew out of Orlando last year when we were there, which by the way, it's already like it'll be a year soon that we left on that trip. It's crazy. Um, the last night we were there, I actually drove to a mall that I didn't realize was had been there. And like I'd stayed at this place like a lot and just didn't know that a mall was like literally two miles away. So found this mall, went in. It was also massive, like legit huge. And I'm like, they know how to build big in America. That's for sure. Did you get anything? I did. That's where I got my um, my two ball caps, my Laker one and that that orange one that I have with uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks on it that I showed you guys. Nice. Yeah. So that was that. Nice. Yep. Yep. Very good. I'm done. That's all. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's my Mall of America story. Anyways, um, you both butchered. I love that you're both (laughs) naming out cities. Yeah. I missed that part of the question. Yeah. That's why I don't do so well. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So one thing that we took away from the Grammys Mm -hmm. was uh, the greatness of all the performances, right? Mm -hmm. And... um, I think Luke Combs's smile kind of told us all we needed to know during his Grammy performance. Every time he looked over at Tracy Chapman when they were doing their duet on Fast Car, her original song. Mm-hmm. But every time he looked at her, he was like, oh, he looked like, this is my life. It's happening, you know. So what we've learned from him is that this was a song that he's always loved, loved since he was a kid. His dad played it for him. He learned it quick. It was just like a staple in his life, and he sort of felt like he had to do it. So this performance has been described as both elegant and timeless, both words uh, I agree with. It's It just was like a uh, an emotionally halting experience, I think, for everybody that watched it that was just like, oh, my gosh, it's happening and she just sounds as great as ever, as we know. Now, what he did was post all kinds of behind-the-scenes pics and stuff like that. But what I love that he wrote was what his smile told us all, which was ultimately, no doubt, a defining moment of my career. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's a young guy. He's, he's, a, he's a giant in country music. He's flying on the fancy jets, you know? Yep, yep. Um, and and humble yeah so i love that i love that he said uh, there were so many laughs tears hugs and cheers that it almost didn't seem real when it comes to the performance it's still hard to process how amazing it really was to be up there on that stage an element that i thought was cool which is basically what you've already described is just that knowing what a big star he is right now in you know 2024 and seeing that he was like legitimately giddy about Mm -hmm. being with her and and he's been so amazingly um like you said humble and putting all the spotlight on her like it was her night it was her like i was just lucky to stand next to her like all that stuff that he said i wish more artists would actually have that giddiness and i think like we saw that a bit with miley cyrus and mariah Mm -hmm. like in the moment that they shared but yeah. it was just so cool to watch such a beautiful moment. And, like, watching him watch Tracy was, I think, watching myself 
if I had been there next to Janet. You know what I mean? It's like for every person, you could be like, oh, my God, that's what it would be like if I was next to Britney Spears or Justin Timberlake or Cher. Which would be like your head would pop off, you know? Like, I would totally lose my place and be just like, "Mm." (laughs) like, there they are. (laughs) Uh, Fun fact, I was listening to uh, a a podcast that described that um, when uh, Miley Cyrus talked about how I wasn't, you remember she said I was nervous I wasn't going to make it because of the rain and, and the traffic and all that. All things were going on. There was also a protest going on. So there was flooding because of the rain Mm -hmm. and traffic was bonkers as it usually is, but worse because of the flooding. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody was late. So remember when people were running in late? Oh, there's Taylor Swift. Yay. And there's uh, Meryl Streep. All these people were running in because they were late because they were in traffic. Mm -hmm. That for Mariah, she arrived just on time (laughs) because they went and got her in traffic in a golf cart on the shoulder of the highway in the opposite wow. direction. <laughs> so they were going against traffic, which obviously wasn't moving, so actually wasn't dangerous. Yeah. But they went and found her and got her. Imagine being stuck in traffic and you just see Mariah Carey riding that golf cart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going the wrong I'm way. I would have died got- to be there. Wow. I'm impressed she would have got into a golf cart because she doesn't like when she's not ready. You know what I mean? So yeah. like in a golf cart, her hair would have gone crazy. You know what I mean? Well, they all came to makeup, right? So we yeah. got her into that and got her out. And she looked, she was pretty chill, all yep. things considered. But yep. it's Grammys. You can't say, well, <laughs> but, sh- we'll start the show half an hour later. You can't do that. No, no, exactly. And apparently Trevor Noah, as the host, was getting fed information in his earpiece. And and it all just, the magic of those kind of, uh, I think, events you hope for the best and then stuff happens and wrecks your plan. But then magically everything falls back into place. So everything was falling into place as he was hitting his his, his cue. cue. So he was stretching for sure. Yeah. But like, you know, we're waiting for Meryl Streep and then boom, Meryl Streep runs in. <laughs> hey, well, it was, look it at was you. so seamless. I was convinced it was yeah. all scripted. I was like, Meryl Streep no, is was... waiting to get here. Because when, when he mentioned Meryl, she showed up 30 seconds later. And as we know from watching award shows, all the people are usually always yeah. there. Yeah. Like they're already there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the uh, producer of the show was saying that this, I think it was his fourth year doing it as the executive producer, the guy that runs the, the all all the moving parts. And he was saying that it's exciting. It's months and months of work to get to that point. And there's, he said, the worst part is the last hours so the last he said he broke it into two half hour segments those last two half hours are the worst because you're just you just there's so much that's going on so many moving parts the reason why trevor noah is in the crowd is because they're moving all the stuff off the stage to get the next thing to come on so seamlessly yeah but it's all dependent on things happening so no you can't wait for someone to be late in traffic because we have practiced this (laughs) and this is how it's gonna happen so all this stress is happening while we're watching a very entertaining show which i thought for the grammys was one of the best i've seen agreed yeah so kudos to them for for getting her done now, I don't know if we talked about The Biggest Night in Pop, and I don't know if we have time or if we should no, wait we to talk sa- about it next time. we can save that. We can save that. I think, I think we can okay. save it because there's like two or three more topics we have, but I mean, we were very involved with this Rock Hall we discussion. We mean 
I'll just say I watched a movie. I have watched The Biggest Night in Pop. Wasn't it fantastic? Yeah. But there's lots to unpack, so we have to save it for the next show. Yeah, it really, we can't just throw that away. So we will talk about that next time. But what I would like to do is take you down in that sachet way for your 90s rewind. Do it. And when I referred to one of the best to do it, I'm talking, of course, about Tony Braxton. Mm. (laughs) Tony Braxton and her ability to take a breakup song and make you feel better and worse at the same time. (laughs) In a really good way, if you know what I mean. It's it's like that misery loves company kind of thing. So when yeah. Unbreak My Heart was at number one this week in 1997, no surprise at all. Can anybody get lower than Tony Braxton in the vocal category? I don't think so. Um, number two this week, and I'm not going in any particular order, though I did like the back-to-back reference because it was fun coming off of Super Bowl weekend and seeing some of the commercials. It was fun seeing David Beckham and his wife, Victoria, who was once a pepper lady mm-hmm. <laughs> in that in that commercial for Uber Eats where Jennifer Aniston suggests that uh, you have to forget some things to make room for the other yeah. things. So they couldn't remember that she was a Spice Girl, and that's why she was a pepper lady. Uh, Spice Girls were uh, knocking our socks off with Wannabe. Big hit. <laughs> the yeah. next song on our handful of songs for your 90s rewind, I think, is one of those ones that this many years later has reached the point where it comes on, whether it's on your playlist or on the radio, you hear Pony come on, mm. and everyone starts to slowly bob their head yep. to Genuine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> And it's not about a horse. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> and who rocks the party like, uh, who rocks the party that rocks that party, Kelly? Uh, MC Light does. Right, MC Light. Rhetorical yes. question. By the a way, little bit of, just a yeah. quick thing. She was, I'm pretty sure, the um, the voiceover announcer for I uh, think Grannies. so, too. Yeah. yeah, I forgot to check the credits for that. I, I think I totally recognized her voice. Yeah. Which just made the whole great show even better to know that MC Light was on the mic. Uh, with a little bit of Missy Elliott, though, she was uh, cold rock a partying through our speakers with even a, a nice sample of a slowed down Diana Ross's Upside Down. And a song called When You Love a Woman gives a Journey their last hit as the band that we knew. Yes, they had a couple of other hits that followed it in Canada because that's how we roll. Mm-hmm. We love what we love. And if you're going to give us some new journey, we're going to take more than that. But as far as across the board hits, the song When You Love a Woman was the last one from Journey, which is interesting because 27 years ago is when that song hit. Mm -hmm. And kind of wild to think that they've been touring with Arnel Pineda and recorded three albums with him since then. But he still seems new. (laughs) That is your 90s Rewind. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Appreciate your attention to this matter. Yeah. I can't <laughs> believe we got so into the rock hall that we've had to blow out three topics for next week. But that's good. It's something to talk about. We really cracked this case wide open. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, everybody, for uh, for yelling at your uh, device yep. where you're listening to 90s Now. We appreciate that because that's the uh, enthusiasm that... Uh, the subjectivity of music brings upon great debate uh, and and everybody's right so <laughs> 
some more right than others. Uh, thank you for finding us wherever it is that you do that and, uh, and passing us along to your friend. Uh, ultimately, thank you very much for listening to 90s Now. Still happening. <laughs>